The views expressed herein reflect the views of the Whistler Agency as of the date of publication. These views may change as conditions change. The views expressed herein are not intended and should not be construed as investment advice, and they do not address any individual's specific situation. Welcome to Whistler While You Retire with Tim Whistler from the Whistler Agency. Here you will learn how Tim helps clients avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. With a fiduciary responsibility, Tim's mission is to help retirees and soon-to-be retirees create a greater sense of confidence about their retirement plan. Now, on to the show. One of the joys of retirement in the United States is learning about Medicare and realizing just how much you don't know and the fact that most other people your age don't know much about it either. Well, welcome back to the Whistler While You Retire podcast with Tim Whistler of the Whistler Agency. I'm Patrice Sikora. This is part one of a series on Medicare, and we're going to need a series, let me tell you. Tim, we are led to believe that Medicare is a comprehensive system that will take care of our health needs once we're eligible. But, hey, it doesn't take long to realize that is not the case. Why is it so complicated, and how did you learn about the ins and outs? Oh, goodness. I, I, you know, Patrice, I wish I had that answer to that million-dollar question. It's actually a $10 million question, I mm -hmm. think. You know, why is it so complicated? You know, I was introduced to the world of Medicare back in 2005, and I was just a year into my open my practice full-time, and I'm so thankful for that because I did not realize at that time how viable of a resource it created in my practice to be able to help people understand what is so complicated what many people describe to be a foreign language. I mean, yes. it, it just, it's just interesting. If I'm, if I'm conducting a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a couple, maybe at their kitchen table, or if I'm conducting a community educational event and we're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody, it, it's just amazing how so many people read from the same script by describing it as being overwhelming and confusing, frustrating. And I just, I, what I try to do is focus on helping them understand their options so that they're just informed and educated as they choose the best option for them. And whenever people get ready to turn 65, that magical age in which they're eligible for Medicare, I, I just always, it's always kind of fun thing to do just to kind of give them a little heads up. I'm like, I'm like just so you know, <laughs> you're going to keep your postmaster very, very busy. Your postal carrier is going to be very busy because you are going to be inundated with direct mail, your phone's going to ring off the hook. You're just going to be constantly bombarded with all kinds of marketing, but very little of it's educational. And sure. uh, that's just the approach that I've always tried it's to take. It's all sales. It's all sales oriented. Exactly right. That's all it is. You know, buy this plan or you won't have the right coverage. Get this plan. And, and one of my sister-in-laws is a, an insurance agent. She writes the auto and the home and the insurance, and um, she doesn't do really anything with Medicare, but she knows that obviously that I do. And and just a quick story, she gave me a referral from one of her clients a couple of years ago. And she said, here's his name. Here's his phone number. Give him a call. He's expecting you. I'm like, perfect. So I gave him a call, went to voicemail, introduced myself, left a message. And he called back the next day. And he said, uh, Tim, I appreciate you calling me back, but I already got it all taken care of. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, what did you end up doing? And he said, well, I jumped on the internet and um, <laughs> had 
went kind of went through a couple of screens and it sounded kind of good. So I, I picked up the phone and, and spoke to this, this person, whoever this person was, he couldn't describe who they were. And he said, they signed me up for this one particular plan. I said, okay. And in this case, it was a plan F. Now we won't quite go to those details today, but my point is when he said it was a plan F, I said, oh, what about the plan G? Cause the plan G is a little bit less expensive. He goes, well, they told me it wouldn't save me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I said, we need to meet. Let me just educate you a little bit on, on what truly mm-hmm. is, is really happening with this. And long story short, just by laying out the information in front of him, none of it's product related. It's all just from Medicare and just showing him, you know, the difference is he's like, um, they didn't really tell me the best thing, did they? I said, no. Oh. Unfortunately, you know, their compensation comes based upon the premium you pay for the plan. So if you pay less premium, they get compensated less. And, and unfortunately, that's the world sometimes we live in when we do things that we're not really, really made aware of if we're, if we're jumping on the internet, for, for example. So, you know, I, I just, again, try to educate and inform so that people can make those educated and informed decisions. Well, let's start at the first step. Who is eligible for Medicare? Well, the eligibility, and I kind of alluded to this just a couple of minutes ago, it's, it kind of stems around the year we turn 65. So whenever we get ready to celebrate our 65th birthday, and we won't quite go this detailed for this moment, we'll, we'll get into the enrollment periods here in just a little bit, but 65 is usually the first time we're eligible. Now, for somebody who is less than 65 years of age, and maybe they've been on social security disability, for example, if somebody qualifies for social security disability benefits for 24 months, then they're eligible for Medicare regardless of their age. And I've helped a few people, unfortunately, those situations over the years. Um, There's also another area where people can be eligible if they have the disease known as the end stage renal disease, Mm -hmm. uh, which is basically permanent kidney failure, which requires dialysis or a transplant. They're also eligible for Medicare. So most people fall into that category of eligibility by turning 65. Mm -hmm. All right. What if you're still working, though? What if you have employee benefits? Do you need to worry about Medicare? Perfect question. And, and this is, again, one of those things where it, I'm kind of seeing that trend. People are, are working longer. Maybe they're a little concerned about not having quite enough retirement income, and they, they kind of like what they do a little bit. So they extend their working years. And, and, as, and this is what I kind of tell people. If you're going to work past 65, you need to double check with your HR representative to make sure that the group benefits you have right now are deemed to be what Medicare calls credible coverage. Ah, you know, that's true. And also, one of my friends worked for a university and was told when she turned 65, she automatically had to go on Medicare. They would not mm-hmm. cover her. Exactly. Because every every situation can be a little bit different. For, for example, if somebody is turning 65 and they work for a company that has less than 20 employees, Medicare says... We don't really care what group benefit you're on. That's not credible coverage. So even if they want to work through 65 years of age, they want to be sure that they get enrolled into a Medicare Parts A and Part B for sure. Because if they don't, and again, we'll get into the enrollment periods a little bit further on in another episode, but if they don't, you know, they could be facing some late enrollment penalties, which increases their financial responsibility. So it's very, very important if somebody's going to work past 65 to really rely upon their HR representative to ensure that there's a good transition for them when they do retire if they're going to work past 65. All right. So working at 65 could mean you still have to do, do you register for Medicare? 
you basically enroll is the, is the process. So, so as we kind of transition in here into the four parts of Medicare, what can happen is, for example, if somebody is, for example, already retired and they're drawing social security benefits, that enrollment process happens for them automatically. There's nothing they really have to do because the government feels as though if somebody's already drawing social security at 65, which as we know, that's a little bit early for, for most people, they're right, not, right. they haven't quite fully attained their full retirement age benefit. But if they're going to go ahead and draw a little bit early, then they're kind of assuming the fact that this person's probably not working and earning income. So therefore that enrollment process happens for them automatically. But if somebody's not drawing social security and they want to roll into the plan, then the, the process actually is an enrollment process. So what they need to do is they can pick up the phone, they can go to medicare.gov. You know, there's a couple of different ways in which they can actually enroll into the parts for Medicare. Okay. And you just said parts, plural. <laughs> How yes. many parts to Medicare are we looking at? Buckle up. It might get a little bumpy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll cover these. There's actually four parts and we're going to go through these here. Um, just in just a very brief manner, but the first part is what we call part A. So part A is for hospital. So the hospital benefit doesn't have a premium attached to it as long as you or your spouse have worked for at least 10 years. So for example, when we bring that paycheck home and we see our gross pay at the top, then you see all these deductions after that. One of those deductions is the deduction of paying for Medicare, okay? Mm -hmm. So as long as we have what, what Medicare calls 40 qualifying quarters or, or basically 10 years, there is no premium for us when we decide to have Medicare Part A, which is hospital. Okay. Okay, so now what does it cover? It basically covers inpatient care for hospital. It'll cover some skilled nursing facility care. It does cover hospice and it does cover some home health care. So here's kind of how it works, because I try to do this <laughs> from the standpoint of it just not becoming so overwhelming so quickly. But when it comes to having Part A for Medicare, and if we're hospitalized, what can happen is we'll have to pay a deductible. If all we have is Medicare Parts A and B, and we'll talk about the other the options here in, in a little bit further in detail. But if all we had was Medicare Part A and Part B, there will be a deductible. So we'd have to pay a $1,408 deductible for that hospital stay. Hmm. Now, what's also included is there is no coinsurance for the first 60 days. Now, we all know how quickly people go in and out of the hospital. I mean, right. it's just amazing. But there are exceptions to the rule. If somebody has some type of very serious issue and they're going to need extended care, we might be in the hospital longer than that. But if somebody's in the hospital for days one through 60, there is no additional cost that's been, that's been covered. But then obviously we won't go into further details, but if somebody's in the hospital a little bit longer at day 61 and beyond, then yes, there'll be some coinsurance financial requirements for those days beyond that. So that's how it's covered for inpatient hospital care. Mm -hmm. Skilled nursing care. Now I'll say right here, and I'll probably say it a couple more times, just as a little friendly reminder, because you use the, the description very well at the beginning about, about thinking it's comprehensive. And a lot of people unfortunately also think that, well, if I get sick and I need extended care, that's what Medicare is for. Well, Medicare is not a long-term care policy. Uh -huh. It's short-term. It's a short-term care policy. That's what it's designed for. So for example, if we needed to go into a skilled nursing facility, 
the first 20 days would be covered. So because if somebody's in the hospital, I'm sorry, if somebody's in the skilled nursing facility for 20 days or less, they're not usually there to stay. They're obviously there for a rehab type mm-hmm. of a situation. They're going right. to go home. They're, they're, they're recovering from a procedure and they're going to go home. So there's no cost for that. But the cost for skilled nursing comes into play if we're in that facility at day 21 through 100. So that there would be a co-insurance per day if that situation would occur. Okay. Now here's the thing. Medicare cuts off benefits for skilled nursing facility at day 100. After day 100, all costs are now on the responsibility or the responsibility of, of the patient, of the member. That's why I say again, this is not a long-term care policy. That can be considerable too. Yes, ma'am. It, it can wipe out an estate in no time. So right. that's going to be a future podcast that, that we're going to record, a future episode we're going to record on the podcast is talking about how do we hedge against those type of expenses while also protecting our assets. So it just, again, it's just a friendly reminder that Medicare is a short-term solution. And for skilled nursing facility, it provides benefits up to 100 days. Okay. Okay. Hospice care. So again, part A can include hospice. So again, that's the unfortunate time when somebody's deemed to be terminally ill and they have a life expectancy of six months or less. There, there's some care there as well. And then for home health care, this is considered to be part-time or intermittent skilled nursing care, like physical therapy, occupational therapy, maybe some speech language pathology services, those different types of things. Mm -hmm. They also include like, you know, maybe durable medical equipment. Maybe someone needs a walker or a wheelchair or things like that. You know, there's, there's some coverages in there and there might be some costs involved depending upon what services that we have. But one thing, again, this does not pay for 24 hour care at home, you know, having meals delivered to your home, your homemaker services, if this is the only care you need. So again, it's not a long-term care plan. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's part A for hospital. Part B, now part B, this is where we talk about medical. So this is when now you're seeing a doctor, you're having outpatient procedures, you're having labs, different types of things done. Now, unlike part A, this is where I was kind of tell people, now again, I'm the messenger, so please don't shoot me, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't make these rules, (laughs) I'm simply the translator. There is a premium attached to part B. So the premium can be based upon income. Now, years and years ago, it wasn't that way. But unfortunately, the government struggling to maintain a budget has decided to charge people based upon what their adjusted gross income would be. So the standard Part B premium for 2020 is $144.60 a month. So again, like I said, it, it can go up from there based upon income if we're single or, or if, we're, if we're married filing jointly. So it just kind of goes up if our income is higher. Right. Now, this is also kind of where I tell people, you know, the integration between Medicare and Social Security and retirement income planning really is, is, is very relevant because think about, for example, think about if, if we've got some money in a qualified account in a traditional IRA and we want to convert that to a Roth. As we know, if we take out X, amounts, X amount of dollars and start converting that to a Roth, we're going to pay taxes on that portion. Exactly. Well, that taxable portion may bump us into a higher tax bracket. And here comes the snowball effect. If we get bumped into a higher tax bracket, guess what can happen to our Par B premium? It goes up. You got it. Mm. So again, we have to be very cautious when we're looking at our overall retirement income 
just to make sure that, you know, will it have an effect on our Part B premium? So Part B, again, has a premium attached to it. And again, it will cover things like we see at the doctor and labs and ambulance rides and et cetera. And it also covers things that some people aren't really crazy about going and see the doctor. I, I totally understand that. A lot of people like to view that as something we don't want to do, but I always encourage people to take advantage of it because you're paying for it. So Part B will also cover preventative care. So for example, the annual wellness exam, going and getting your annual physical exam. You know, how am I doing? Get your blood pressure check, cholesterol, making sure things are, are looking good on the inside as they do on the outside. You know, it's taken care of. They also provide coverage for screenings like cardiovascular, maybe even depression screening, diabetes, prostate cancer, different types of screenings to make sure that, again, things are looking good on the inside. Um, the dreaded colonoscopy, <laughs> everybody wants to avoid that, yep. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's considered a preventative service and that would be covered as well. And then there's things like bone mass measurements, you know, your annual flu shots, mammograms, you know, those are preventative services and those would be covered under part B. All right. So let me see, make sure I'm understanding this part A you get, and it's basically physical things, part B you pay for, and it's basically medical things. Exactly. Yep. Oh, good. Hospital and medical, part A and part B. Okay. <laughs> now with part B, it's, it's very similar to the world that we were used to while we were working. We know where we had a deductible, then we had a plan that maybe had 80-20 coinsurance. That's, that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. Well, part B works very similar. So for 2020, and I say for 2020 because it was different last year, and I'm willing to bet that it's going to be different in 2021. <laughs> but we'll find out that here in a couple of months. But for right now, for 2020, the Part B deductible is $198. So here's what that means. Once we have paid the $198 for whatever service that we're getting, that's not already included for our, with our premium, then there's an 80-20 coinsurance, which means, again, after you've met your deductible, Medicare will cover 80% of the healthcare costs, and the member would be responsible for the other 20%. Now, here's the kicker. There is no out-of-pocket maximum. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, exactly, isn't it? Oh. That, again, please don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> <laughs> so again, it's one of these situations where just being aware of how this works might inspire us to look a little bit further. Go down the rabbit hole a little bit deeper and say, okay, what do I need to do to help prevent myself on some, something catastrophic? I mean, again, we don't want to, we hope for the best, but we have to plan for the worst. Right, that's right. just what we have to do in life. So just knowing that there's no Part B premium maximum out of pocket is a very, very important part of the decision-making process. All right. Parts A, Part B, what is not covered? How long is this list, Tim? (laughs) I'm on page 12 right now, and I I stopped there. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I just took down a kind of a, a, a pretty popular list of a lot of people. Again, the way you described it being comprehensive, unfortunately, when we make that transition, from a group benefit over to the Medicare benefit, unfortunately, we lose a lot of benefits. We lose a lot of features that were covered. Most, most you know, popular mm-hmm. are the vision and the dental. Medicare what? doesn't cover dental the way it was covered before. They don't cover eye exams you know, that are they're related to prescribing glasses and prescription glasses. They don't, they don't cover that. Oh, but let me guess. We can probably pay for it. How about that? Is that is not just so convenient? Yes, so you can convenient. pay for it with a whole separate plan. <laughs> so they, you know, they don't cover that. They don't cover dentures. They don't cover cosmetic surgery. 
Another, another type of service right now that's gaining popularity is acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Medicare doesn't cover it. They don't cover routine foot care. A lot of people need some, some help with their feet. And another big one is hearing aids. They don't cover hearing aids right. or the exams for fitting them. So, you know, they're, again, just to be aware of what's not covered for Medicare Part A and for Part B. That's a pretty important list on some of those items. There. The hearing aids, I know my father, oh gosh, he could have used a hearing aid, but he wouldn't put the money out. He said, it's too expensive. I'm going to die anyway. It's like, thanks, Dad. That's, that's really good. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we now know that we are going to have to, we will have the opportunity, we'll put it that way, to mm-hmm. buy additional insurance for dental, for vision, for hearing. I'm getting discouraged here. What? <laughs> tell me the good parts. Well, the good parts of it is, is that in our next episode, when we go into the next, when we go a little bit deeper in the series, we're going to talk about the two main options for Medicare. And one of those options is basically what they call an alternative to Medicare. And it not only will cover everything that Medicare covers, but here's the beautiful part. They will add extra benefits that Medicare does not cover, such as items like vision, dental, and hearing aids. All right. So, now tell me, well, what do we call this? Do we call this the better plan? Well, I don't, I don't, I try to be very, you know, I try to be very neutral when it comes to this. I always try to wave my Switzerland flag and be very neutral, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but this is what they call a Medicare Advantage plan. So when okay. we get a little bit deeper in, in our next episode, we're going to go through those options between Medicare Advantage, the pros and cons, as well as the Medicare Supplement pros and cons. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll definitely get in there. But yes, for, for right now, for parts A and B, it's just good for people to be aware that how they work what's covered, what's not covered. And again, one of my favorite instances of, of giving a uh, educational event, this was a couple of years ago, I was in front of the room of, of folks and I always kick off the meeting by, of course, welcoming everybody and, and kind of just feeling out, you know, as I look through pe- look at people's eyes and, and kind of, I can kind of tell who's done this before and who's kind of new because you can kind of see the deer in the headlight look, this, that blank stare and kind of terrified. And, and uh, so if, if I'm helping folks who are just hearing this for the first time, I just try to ease their mind and say, you know, once we cover the four parts of Medicare, it really boils down to two options, a Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan. Mm-hmm. And at that particular meeting, this gentleman in the front row raised his hand. He goes, you're missing one. <laughs> now, oh. I'd never heard this before. So I'm like, okay, what am I missing? He goes, there's actually a third option. I said, there is. He goes, yeah, you can just have A and B. You're right, sir. I stand corrected. Oh. You could. Should you? Probably not. But yes, you could stop right here if you wanted wow. to. It's by all means, it's your, it's your healthcare. Thankfully, he's not making my healthcare decisions for me, <laughs> <Yes>. but, <laughs> but so parts A and part B are, are the foundations for Medicare. So there's four parts. So the next two parts also have letters behind them. And the next one I'm going to cover is part D. Now I'm going to come to see here in just a second, okay. part D as in drugs or as in dog, mm-hmm. right? These are, these are our prescription benefits. Now, Medicare doesn't cover prescription benefits. So we need to purchase these through a private health insurance company. So as I mentioned before, when you asked the question, you know, is there something else out there that's a little bit better? And I introduced people to the Medicare Advantage plan. Most Medicare Advantage plans will include prescription benefits, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll get into those details a little bit further on. But Part D benefits, again, are issued by private health insurance companies. And one of the critical elements of deciding which of the two main options that we should select really boils down to Number one, are we on prescription medications right now? If so, what are they and how often do we get them filled? 
And how expensive are they? I'll bet you, you that's in it. there. It's, yeah, that's in there. You bet. The, the average premium for Part D right now, if you if we take all the plans that are available and throw them in one big pot and average them out, the average premium is about thirty two dollars a month, so about a little over a dollar a day. But again, it's it's basically making sure that we pick the Part D plan that fits us. I see it all too often. Well, I'll just get one. I'm just going to get whatever my husband gets or my wife gets. Well, no, we don't want to do that because you might be on, be on prescription medications that he or she is not on. Right. So therefore you want to get your own plan. So with Part D, there are four phases to it. So here's another educational opportunity for people to understand when it comes to a Part D plan. There are four phases to it. The first phase, we're all pretty familiar with the, the word deductible. So again, these, these plans can choose to have a deductible phase, which means before we get any type of help on the financial portions of getting these drugs filled, and like you said, some of these could be very expensive, we may have to pay deductible first. Well, Medicare governs that deductible and they will not allow any Part D plan to charge more than $435 of a deductible for 2020. That's for some, the whole year? That's for the entire year. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yep. So now some plans will charge less than that. Some plans don't charge a deductible at all. It just kind of depends upon, again, you know, what, what, what are we looking at? What type of benefits is, is that plan offering to us? Now, once we move past the deductible phase, now we go into the initial coverage phase. And this is probably of the four phases, probably the, the one that most people like to be in because here is where now we get some financial help. So inside the initial coverage phase, this is now whenever we go to the local pharmacy to get our medications filled, or if we use a mail order pharmacy, our drug is listed within a tier. It's a tier system, tiers one, two, three, four, and five. Right. The higher the tier, the higher the cost. So for example, one of the booklets that I, that I work with, with one of the companies I represent, their tier one is what they call a preferred generic. Tier two is a generic, tier three is preferred brand and so on. Just understanding that when we're in that initial coverage phase, a lot of times we have set dollar co-payments. Sometimes the, the, the medications are at no cost. We can get them filled in a one-month supply or even a three-month supply at no cost. Some of them might cost us two, five, ten dollars, something like that. Okay. So this is so this is the initial coverage phase. And this is where, like I said, a lot of people like to be here because we're getting some financial help. But oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, but here it comes. <laughs> How long do we stay inside of the initial coverage phase? Well, what they're doing is every time that we go to the pharmacy and we're getting that prescription filled either monthly or three month supplies, we're paying a co-payment, but we're also being tracked as far as what is the insurance company paying for that. So we stay in the initial coverage phase until you and your plan together have paid $4,020. Now I tell people at this point, don't go home and try to learn all about Excel spreadsheets and create one. You don't have to do that. Your, your Part D plan will send you monthly statements to show you these were the medications you filled. This is what you paid. This is what we paid. And this is where you're at relative to that figure. Okay. Now, the next phase is, is the dreaded phase. This is the one that's called the coverage gap. But, the but donut. More, the donut hole. That's the donut, right. donut, yes. <laughs> more affectionately known as the donut <laughs> hole. This is where, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's I try to encourage people to visualize eating a Krispy Kreme donut, wonderful glazed donut. You start biting into that thing. It's just wonderful. Then you get to the hole in the middle and there's no more donut. Well, it's the same way with Medicare Part D. The, the benefits you just received in the initial coverage phase are now replaced with you being more responsible financially for those same medications. So, uh, and a lot of times this is now where we're, we're paying 25% 
of the cost for the medication. So you're exactly right, Patrice. When you said it earlier, sometimes these medications get awfully expensive. And if we're on some expensive medications, two things happen. Unfortunately, it doesn't take us long to get through the initial coverage phase. Then when we're in the donor hole, things get really expensive very quickly. And these are even drugs that you have to be on, I mean, forever? Well, it's one of those things where we're taking these medications to hopefully improve the quality of our life. And unfortunately, sometimes you get into in these situations where I got to choose whether or not I'm going to be able to have money for my utilities or pick, take my medication this right. month. And that's just unfortunate where we're at. So the donut hole again happens if we hit that $4,020 and then we come out of the donut hole, which goes into the fourth phase. Again, this is all calendar year based, but if we, if we are in the donut hole and once we alone have paid $6,350, now we come into the fourth phase, which is called the, what they call catastrophic coverage. So very few people actually go into the donut hole, but those who do, bless their hearts, man, they just get creamed with financial slammed, yeah. you know, responsibilities. So, but those are the four phases of Part D. So I, I say that again, just kind of in, in a general educational overview, because understanding them is very important because that's why whenever I sit down with somebody, they're like, hey, can, can we talk about Medicare? I'm not sure what I want to do and, and how, how do I want to approach this? Perfect. Let's do that. But one thing we need to make sure that we do is make sure you get your list of your current prescriptions mm -hmm. that you're on. Get that list handy because we're going to want to go through that and look at every single prescription that you're taking and, and kind of figure out, you might want to make sure that we pick out a plan that might cost you more money per month, but if you're going to hit the donut hole, right? that might be the plan we want to look at. So it's, again, there's some planning involved with that. So let me make okay. sure I understand the part D here. The initial coverage phase is up to $4,020. Mm -hmm. And then that donut hole, you are getting hit for $6,350. That's correct. Now, what happens is when it says once you alone pay sixty three fifty, what what the person has paid in the initial coverage phase will count towards that sixty three fifty. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, like it's going to make a big difference, probably. Well, exactly. That's exactly right. So you know, just to kind of keep math simple, let's say for yeah. example that while we're in that initial coverage phase, our total copayments is a thousand dollars, and our plan has paid the other three thousand and twenty. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now we get bumped into that donut hole, the dreaded donut hole. Well, that $1,000 gets counted towards that 6350 So it does help a little bit, but yeah, you're right. It's not exactly the, the most best news that a person could ever receive. Mm -hmm. So, Well, we're, we're running up against the clock here, Tim, but uh, you mentioned the catastrophic phase. What is that? So the catastrophic phase is again, where some financial help kicks back in. So now here, if a person goes into that catastrophic phase, now they've get a significant amount of co-insurance and co-payment help financially. Okay. Now they're paying no more than 5% of a medication or they're paying $3.60 for generics or $8.95 for brand name drugs. So they get some significant financial help again if they go into that catastrophic coverage for that calendar year. All right. We have a lot more to cover in the upcoming parts of this series on Medicare. But Tim, if someone has a question right now, how can they contact you? They can reach me by phone. Again, my phone number is 309-291-0491. They can send me an email at tim at thewhistleragency.com. Again, there's no T in my last name. And then they can also go online if they'd like to learn a little bit more at thewhistleragency.com. Tim, fantastic information. I can't wait to get into the rest of it too. Tim Whistler of The Whistler Agency. To know when the next episodes of this series are coming up, just subscribe to Tim Whistler's While You Retire podcast by using the subscribe button on this page. 
And of course, you can also share with the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to Whistler While You Retire. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Whistler Agency. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Whistler Agency. The Whistler Agency is a separate and unaffiliated entity from Simplicity Wealth LLC. The characters in this podcast are for illustrative purposes. Your actual experience may vary. This presentation is not endorsed or approved by any government agency. This is not a comprehensive review of all features and benefits. All material details should be reviewed prior to making any decisions.